Hey T Crew and welcome to a brand new episode of Tea Talk with Sha. Today we're going to be talking about all the hot topics all over social media and the internet and we're also going to be getting into our third true crime episode. You're not going to want to miss this. Stay tuned. All right, tea crew, let's get right into it because as per usual, the tea is boiling hot. So the first topic, Carrion Franklin of Bad Boys of LA has been arrested in connection with a missing woman. Now, Carrion Franklin um, is the son of Kurt Franklin. He was infamous for leaking the voicemail of Kurt Franklin and his interaction after a fight. And, you know, Kurt Franklin is a huge gospel artist. For, so for him to be using that type of language and describing the things like the violence and things that he wanted to do to carry on really, really, you know, put some people on um, Kurt Franklin pause. I wouldn't say a cancellation, but many people did pause him after that. And they did want an explanation as to why he wasn't living like some of the gospel history that he has sung over the years. Well, now Carry On is facing charges in connection with a missing woman. Carry On talked about driving around in a car with a busted taillight. Now, this was in March when he was on a live talking to fans and promoting his new show, Bad Boys of LA, which is currently running on Zeus Network right now. Now, when he said the taillight was busted, he said it was something he had to take care of and that he was going to take care of it because, of course, if you have a taillight that's out, it is grounds for you to get pulled over. And, you know, especially as African-Americans, we cannot afford to be getting pulled over for no reason. So he was supposed to get the taillight fixed. He never got it fixed. And he indeed ended up getting pulled over. Now, when he got pulled over at the traffic stop, um... They noticed the car was not registered to him. It was registered to a woman um, who was missing and then was later found uh, deceased. And there was also a gun in the car. And Carry On also has uh, outstanding warrants in the state of Texas. So with everything that's going on with the gun in the car and the car being, um, you know, registered to a woman that has been um you know, that, that was missing and was found, uh, deceased that they are still investigating that because he has open warrants in Texas. He's being extradited and held in Texas on these open warrants and he cannot get bail. Now he could only call a couple people when he was arrested. And one of the people that he called that broke the story is blogger and YouTube personality, Larry Reed. Now, Larry Reed said that one of the calls that Carry On made when he was in the Texas lockup was to, or headed to the Texas lockup was to him. He wasn't sure what the second call was, if it was his father, Kurt Franklin, or possibly a family lawyer or someone, you know, that he could tell about the case, somebody who could kind of give him some counseling or more information on what he should be doing at this point. And because of the open warrants, like I said, he will not be getting bail. So um, it's just sad to see, you know, we, we're starting to get more of a picture of who Carry On Franklin is through the show Bad Boys of LA. You know, after the voicemails leaked, the family was just like, 
painting Carrion as the black sheep and we've tried to do everything we can to help him. He doesn't want help, et cetera, et cetera. So there was definitely some things um, that were said about him that kind of painted him in negative light. But when you watch the show, you can see that he's a likable guy, um, you know, who's just trying to live in his truth and who's experienced a significant amount of hurt. So it's just sad to see him going through something else. But, you know, our thoughts are also with the victim. Um, and if he had any connection with it, then unfortunately, this is this is how it goes. I really don't think he did personally, but we don't know. And I'm sure they have to go where the evidence leads them. I just hope that Kurt can find it in his heart to sponsor to make sure that carry on gets a nice legal team that's really going to look into the case and that he doesn't get steamrolled into these charges if it wasn't him all right let's move on to the next topic also in the crime world tory lanes continues to speak on his open case with megan the stallion despite the court order um so a couple weeks ago at this point maybe just like last week actually uh tory lanes was arrested at his court hearing and taken into custody for uh, breaking his restraining order with Megan the Stallion. Now in the order, it's a physical order of protection, but it also bars him from threatening Megan online, talking about the case or using any kind of language that would be referring to Megan. And after the judge reviewed um, the messages that Tori has been posting, the stories, the captions, um, they were able to understand that he has been using social media uh, to talk about the case and to further harass Megan, which is against the order, the restraining order and the order of protection that they currently have in place. Now, uh, Tori made bail and he's out right now, but the judge did make an order, a direct order to both parties to not speak about this open case. Now that also refers to Megan, who after, you know, Tori's made comments, Megan has also made comments back to him and so forth. So the judge was saying they don't want anyone, um, especially these two parties and, you know, also her ex-best friend, Kelsey, who's also involved to make statements. Kelsey also was making vague statements here and there. So no one is to be talking about the case on social media. Well, Tory Lanez put out a new song um, where he talks about his relationship with Kalani and the situation with Megan Thee Stallion. So it is rumored that he will be pulled into court again for violating this uh, protection and restraining order. And he'll either be remanded or um they're gonna find him again for doing so or they might arrest him and force him to make bail again so I don't know I know Megan's legal team is on top of this but if he's gonna continue to keep talking about it in my mind you would think he would get arrested again and maybe held until trial and their trial isn't happening next until next year so that would definitely be a lot for him so I you know you would think he would stop talking, but he just won't find a way to close that little mouth. All right, let's move on to the next topic. Portia Williams has adopted a new Nigerian name um, in preparation for her Nigerian wedding. And the name she has taken on is Isosa, um, and it means gift of God. Uh, her fiance, Simon, helped her pick out this name. So this story had me dying because I'm looking through social media, seeing what I want to talk about today. 
Portia has really not been in the media that much, but I will say that Portia and Nene were trending when the Real Housewives of Atlanta trailer dropped a few weeks ago and it just looked as dry as the desert, like nothing is going to happen next season. And people were literally talking about how much they're going to miss Portia and Nene on the show. Um, And Portia was trending for that. She also pulled up on Simon. Apparently her fiance, Simon Gobadia, has been traveling recently. She hasn't seen him in a few weeks. And so she surprised him at um, <laughs> in Nigeria after an 11 hour flight uh, to see him. And he looked more than surprised. He looked like he's seen a ghost. He looked shocked. Um, you know, like she might have caught him on his way to do some mess or something. I don't know. Allegedly, allegedly. Um, but it did look a little suspicious. I mean, some people thought it was cute and loving, but in my mind, I'm just like, this is just Portia securing the bag, making sure that, you know, I haven't seen him in a few weeks. Let me go secure my investment. Um, so, you know, this, I just feel like this new Nigerian name is just a string of things that she's doing to, you know, keep in Simon's good favor. Some people say he's broke. Some people say he doesn't have any money that's really tied to anything. And he's just scamming here to pay this, to pay that. I don't know. Um, with these investor types, I feel like you never really know all their money is like digital and crypto and all this stuff. And when it comes down time to pay for something, it's just all types of loans and IOUs and repayment statements. And you never really know what people are worth these days. It's just so fake and the whole facade of everything, but you know, best of luck, Scosa, um, on your upcoming wedding. All right, let's get into the next topic. Chloe Bailey sizzles in her new video, Treat Me, but some of her fans and trolls have a lot to say about her new video. So I personally saw the different TikToks and the social media promotion that uh, Chloe Bailey has been working on in the last few weeks to promote Treat Me. I really thought it was cool. I think she did a TikTok where she was shopping. She did another TikTok where she was like showing some of the choreography that she was going to be doing in the video. So she's really been playing the chorus of this song. It's a sample of Miss New Booty um, for us 90s babies that remember that song um, that came out when we were like in middle school or so definitely a popular, uh, sample. So that's definitely going to have people shaking all summer. Um, but when the video came out, it sparked a whole different conversation. So, uh, the video, I really, I watched it several times. I really couldn't come up with a concept, um, versus it, you know, just being like Chloe showing off her sexuality, uh, some of the criticism of the video was that it was symbolic. There was, you know, different symbolism. You know, people think that her mentor Beyonce is down with the Illuminati. So a lot of people thought that the um, golden bath scene was some type of symbol to the Illuminati and goddesses and gods and all types of stuff. I don't really get into all that types of stuff, but, you know, some people do and they found that in the video. Um, some people are just saying that it's just overall too sexy. Uh, there was a lot of water scenes in the video, you know, water spraying all over Chloe. She's dancing and twerking and, you know, just rolling all over the ground and everything. 
And this would, you know, leads to the last criticism that it was, you know, so sexy and so like uh, provocative, it overshades her talent. And I don't completely um, agree with that, but I do feel like Chloe is very, very talented. And I just would love to hear her do a song that really shows off that vocal range. I feel like Have Mercy and Treat Me have been fast songs where she's dancing a lot and doing these moves and stuff. And that's fine. But I feel like Treat Me and Have Mercy is just more the same. I would like to see her do a ballad. I would like to see her do a mid-tempo. I would like to see her really flex those vocals that she has. I mean, whenever she does a cover, whenever you know, she sings something where she really gets to use and belt that voice. Like that's really what I want to hear. I feel like you can leave all that popping and dropping to the girls that can't sing, right? Because if you can't sing (laughs) and you don't really have that vocal range and you don't have that ability, you kind of need the gimmicks. You need the water, you need the popping, you need the nakedness because there's nothing really under that. And you kind of need that gimmick to carry you. I feel like with Chloe, she's so talented. She can sing, she can produce, she makes her own beats. She plays instruments. I want to see more of that and less of this, but that's just my opinion. You know, she's a grown woman. She can do whatever she wants. Take, you know, take her career in whatever direction she wants. I know it's important to both girls to, um, see that's the problem girls, right? Both women to now come off as women and not girls because they came into the industry so young, but I think we get the picture now. I'm hoping that the next song is a ballad or a mid tempo that really shows off her vocal range. So those are my thoughts on that. All right, let's get into um, some more body image stuff. So Body Image Blues, Lotto reveals that she is dropping her birth control um, as fans say that she is looking overweight on tour. Now, I just watched an interview with Lotto and Jason Lee, and I thought she looked gorgeous. And even in that video, she even in that um, interview, she said she wanted to work on losing weight. You know, she's gotten really thick. She's been happy in her relationship. And she really wants to go ahead and lose some weight and kind of get herself on a stricter diet because she thinks that it's been kind of going too far and she would like to see herself lose some weight. But I thought she looked really great. And I guess she had been working on herself. She'd been dieting. She even said, you know, I thought I had lost weight. I thought I was looking good on tour. And the comments that have been coming in from people have been really just, you know, bothering me to the point where now she's going to change up her birth control and, you know, try to do something else. And she's like, if I come out pregnant from this, you know, I blame you guys because, you know, birth control has been known to put weight on many people that use it. It's definitely a common symptom of using birth control. So it's nothing new, but just to have her feel like she has to say that, I think she's been looking great on tour. Um, and I really think that people should stop saying, you know, people just really need to stop saying stuff about other people's bodies, especially when you're a fan. And the person that came into her comments tried to cover it and be like, well, you know, everybody's going to talk about you, but I'm going to actually say it to your face. Like, I don't want people to keep talking about it behind your back, but it's like, why say it at all (laughs) is the question. Why would you need to say it at all? All right. And the other one, um, in body image blues, B Simone addresses trolls who left negative comments on her last Instagram post. So B Simone went to a birthday party. She had a beautiful 
like 1920s um, gold and diamond uh, gown that she wore, like a little drippy uh, dress that is just like, you can go to her Instagram, the B Simone and see it. But just a like, you know, 1920s concept, just draped almost like a chandelier type dress. Um, and I thought she looked really gorgeous in it. And people were talking about her body type that, you know, her butt's not big enough. Her hips are too wide that she has a stomach and all this stuff. And she was just like, I know my body type isn't what some of you want. She said, I make enough money. She's been on wild and out for many seasons. She gets booked all the time to do comedy tours and stuff like that. She's like, I have plenty of money. If I wanted to get my body done, I could but I don't want to. I've chosen to embrace my natural body as it is. And I would appreciate if, you know, my fans, supporters, trolls, haters, all the above that come to my page could understand that and just let it go. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I just don't have enough time in the day to go on somebody's Instagram post and comment about their body type. Um, But apparently some people do. And that's what they do for fun. And it's just terrible. (laughs) It really is. Um, And to wrap up on some good news, rapper Rod Wave gives away $25,000 in gas to his hometown of St. Petersburg, Florida. And as you can imagine, the residents were just overjoyed at the outpouring of love, you know, with the gas prices going up. We don't talk about a lot of things on this channel, right, on this podcast to keep it light, to keep it fun, to make it an escape for everybody. But, you know, due to the war and the conflict in Ukraine, gas prices have been soaring and it has caused a lot of financial strain on many families, especially in, you know, small towns like St. Petersburg. Florida, um, a lot of people rely on needing to get places, get here and there, like like everywhere. Everybody needs to be able to put gas in their car. And Rod Wave uh, took this opportunity to bless others, make an outreach to his community. I'm like, is there anybody from um, my town who would like to come and donate $25,000 worth of gas? I think it was like three or four days um, worth of gas. Everybody that came in was able to just get free gas, um, until the $25,000 ran out. So I just think that's a great way to give back to your community. It's something people can feel and touch right now because we're going through it right now. Um, and it was amazing of him to do that. So Big ups to you, Rod Wave and other celebrities. Why don't you take this as a challenge to um start to put some money on gas pumps so as people pull up, you know, to pay what they expect to pay, they can just um get that nice uh outpouring of love there and brighten up somebody's day. All right, this has been the trending topics. Stay tuned for our sports report. Hello, hello, hello out there and welcome to the Sports Update with J-Rob. Today I will be covering both the NBA and the NFL. Denver Nuggets star forward Nikola Jokic becomes the first player in NBA history to score 2,000 points, grab 1,000 rebounds, and dish out 500 assists in the same season. Also, in NBA news, the Los Angeles Lakers are officially eliminated from playoff contention. LeBron James will miss the playoffs for the fourth time 
in his career. Now we're going to move to NFL news. Ex-Arizona Cardinals head coach Steve Wilkes has joined Brian Flores' class action lawsuit against the NFL. Wilkes claims he was unfairly fired after just one season because of his race. Also in the NFL, Houston Texans uh, have signed wide receiver Brandon Cooks to a two-year contract extension worth $39.6 million. Also, the Buffalo Bills have signed star wide receiver Stephon Diggs to a four-year extension worth $104 million. And finally, Hall of Fame quarterback Peyton Manning is helping Russell Wilson with his Broncos transition. After an illustrious career with the Indianapolis Colts, Peyton Manning finished his career in Denver with the Broncos and made two Super Bowl appearances, winning Super Bowl 50 in 2016. And this has been the Sports Update with J-Rob. Have an amazing week. All right, T-Crew, it's my favorite part of the podcast, The Deep Dive. And today we're going to be looking into True Crime Part 3, the case of Christian Obam Sally. Um, so basically, uh, what I like to do with the true crime is just to kind of go into all the actors, give a little information about them, and then we'll get into actually what happened in the crime in the aftermath. So the two people involved in this are Christian Obam Sally, who is a Nigerian American, 27 year old man, um, who was, ba- you know, a social media influencer, a person heavy into, um, sneaker culture, the Miami scene, lived in Brickell, which is a ups, like an upper luxurious um, town and a suburb of Miami proper. You know, when everybody goes down to Miami Beach, they think that South Beach is Miami. Well, fun fact, in actuality, that's not Miami. <laughs> um, downtown Miami and uh, the surrounding areas are, there's like little towns and it's not all South Beach. I mean, some of the towns can be more rough. Some of the towns are more, you know, star friendly. Of course, you have Star Island and places like that where there's just tons of money and wealth. But then you have places like Carroll City and Miami Gardens where it's just going to be, you know, a different type of demographic. People are making less. Um, there's tons of newly immigrated people coming to America that have carved out little towns like Hialeah and such like that. So it's really a diverse culture. It's not all just like partying and spring break, like what you would think when you think about Miami. Well, either way, Christian had, um, Christian had, Christian had, um, an influence out there and he was basically working on building his brand when he met Courtney Taylor. Now, Courtney Taylor is an influencer. She's an OnlyFans model. She had 2 million Instagram followers and she had been one of the women that was featured on a Manosphere podcast. And she talks about she only dates black men with money. 
Now, Taylor and the Manosphere um, is basically just, you know, all the podcasts that detail Men of Worth, Kevin Samuels, Fresh and Fit podcast, um, you know, Barstool and all the podcasts that basically just promote men being superior to women, women trying to leech off men's success because they don't have any of their own, et cetera, et cetera. These are the things that they preach. And she has frequented these podcasts to talk about her OnlyFans page and promote it and also talk about how she wants to be a sugar baby, how she wants to be spoiled, how she wants to be lavish. And she really wants to be with a black man that is also rich. Okay. So Christian you know, like I said, he was 27. He enjoyed flexing, living life on social media. And when he met Courtney, he really met his match. The two of them, you know, posted up together on social media all the time. And like I said, it may have been transactional as in Courtney was looking for someone to spend a lot of money on her. Christian had a lot of money and he wanted to be with a certain type of woman. So we have to get into this. So Christian on his Twitter account has disparaged black women heavily. He talks about how he would never date black women. There was really no worth in dating black women. And he was confused as to why black women thought that he would be interested in dating them. Mm. So while um, flexing name brands on the gram and giving off the facade that everything was great between them in their luxurious Brickle apartment, the couple was said to have owed $10,000 in back rent on that apartment and that the things that they were flexing may have not been the full picture of what was going on in the relationship. No, no one's really come forward yet to say that they had issues in their relationship, but we all know that money is the root of a lot of issues, especially in domestic argument, if bills are not being paid, if people are not being compensated the way that they thought that they were and stuff like that, people then become very irate and they get upset. And this is another reason why people have domestic disputes if they have them at all and why they can sometimes become violent. Well, on the night of the incident, the police responded to a stabbing. Um, The police addressed the stabbing as a domestic dispute and um, took Courtney for a psych evaluation, but she was never arrested. Now, this is the part that Christian's family is definitely upset about because they're saying that even if she went for a psych evaluation while her mental state was being processed, she should have been arrested as she was obviously just involved in a murder and you don't know all the details of the murder. So she should be taken into custody versus being able to live her life until the case plays out in court. Um, and they want further investigation into the incident and they want the support of the black community. And this is what has kind of caused some back and forth because of Christian's disparaging comments um, from 2015 on Twitter. At the time, he was 27 at the time of his death. So at the time of the tweets, he was 19 years old, um, still young, but an adult. And, you know, Christian's family wants the support of the black community um, in particular, large backbone of the black community are black women. And 
many people are saying that they just can't get behind someone who would publicly bash and disparage black women the way that Christian was known to do. Um, and it's, you know, going back and forth and some people have different opinions. While I think what he tweeted was absolutely inappropriate, it was wrong to tweet. He should have never said something like that. Having a preference doesn't mean that you have to then disparage the group of people that you are not interested in dating or having a relationship with. I think a lot of people have to understand that you can have a preference to date dark-skinned men. You can have a preference to one date um, Asian men or white men or whoever. You can have a preference to want to date tall men. So there's many preferences that people have over time, but the situation of disparaging the other group of people is where it becomes nasty and where people feel as though that is where it crosses the line. Now, do I feel like she should get away with murder because he made these tweets? I don't. I think that, you know, if it had been anybody else or if the roles had been reversed, Christian would have definitely been arrested until they were able to look into his trial. Um, because of the situation with Courtney, with her being a white blonde woman, I think her account of what happened is basically what the police took. And the fact that there's nobody else to be an eyewitness as it was just her and Christian supposedly in the apartment at the time of the murder, no one else can really say what happened in that room and Christian is dead, but to let her kind of get a psych evaluation, people have spotted Taylor, Courtney Taylor out at bars in Miami. She's living her best life. She's not in distress, you know, whatever claims that she made that she was going through at the time of the stabbing, she seemed to have been able to shake that off. And now she's out drinking and partying like it never happened. Um, and so that's definitely a problem, whether he tweeted, you know, disrespectful things to the black, to black women or not as a black woman, I can completely understand why some people are like, yeah, I'm good on this case. And I, you know, I don't want to post about it. I don't want to help it get more publicity or whatever the case may be. But I think that we have to kind of think about the bigger picture here and the fact that somebody is literally going to get away with murder because of the tweets that, you know, people can't get behind what happened to him. She a thousand percent needs to be remanded to some type of program. If she has psychiatric problems or mental problems, then that's fine. It can be a psychiatric ward, but she should not be able to walk around free after stabbing someone 20 plus times. That cannot be considered self-defense. And if it is, then it definitely needs to be investigated more before you can just classify it as self-defense. Um, you know, that's just my opinion, but this story, there's so many layers to it, the kind of support that Christian is really going to need to get this case reopened and to begin a deeper investigation process and for Courtney to really start to understand the severity of the crime that she committed. She's not going to feel that way while she's walking around free and was never arrested or booked or really given the weight of the charges of actually killing someone. Um, so this has been our true crime deep dive. I definitely, as always with the true crimes, especially encourage you to look into it for yourself. Um, but I do think that this family deserves justice, irregardless of tweets that I found to be disgusting.
bottom line. All right, stay tuned for our outro comments. All right, T-Crew, this is my least favorite part of the podcast where I have to say goodbye to you. Thank you all so much for sharing the podcast, listening, streaming, liking, commenting, um, telling your friends about it. We also have a subscription service for $1.99 a month to get exclusive tea with me, and I'll be posting on it this week. I did not forget about you guys. Um, as always, arrest the cops that killed Brianna Taylor. We won't stop until she gets the justice that she rightly deserves. And have a beautiful day or night wherever you are. And I love you for listening. Bye.